Welcome to tomorrow's Leader Spotlight. I am John Laredo, your host and CEO of the Laredo Group. It is our mission to help leaders tap into the unique skills that help them transform their own life, the organizations they lead, and the people that they influence. Everyone is a leader, and leadership is learnable. If you'd like to learn ways to take your leadership to the next level, stick around at the end of the episode. I'll give you some easy steps to take. Or if you'd like to be a guest on tomorrow's Leader Spotlight, I'll share with you how you can apply. All right, let's get things going. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Laredo, your host, and I've got a great guest today. I've got Kelly Rusk, who's the VP of Technology for Engagency. He's not too far from me, down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Kelly, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me today, John. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. We were talking about uh, one of my really favorite topics, which is how do uh, things outside of leadership and life experiences prepare you for leadership? And before we actually talk about your role and what you do in leadership, I want to go back to that. You were a professional long distance runner, which I'm really intrigued about. So tell us about that. I mean, what was that experience like and uh, and how did that prepare you for what you're doing in your uh, day-to-day role? Well, you know, it's an interesting uh, kind of sport. You know, they talk about the loneliness of a long-distance runner, uh, but there's a lot of team behind that. I think about uh, my coaches, which really have been the inspiration for how I lead. They're, they're coaches. They're empowering those around you. And as you go to toe the line for any race, you're, you're there as a compilation of those around you. And learning those kind of aspects and the strategy engaged and how we approach problems and and knowing that you're going to learn something new about yourself every day as you're pushing your body hard and, and learning new limits and new ways to approach uh, dynamics uh, in a sport really directly correlate in the leadership world. Uh, we think about, are you being a good coach towards others? Have you prepared yourself for the challenges? Have you been tested enough to know that there are bumps in the road and not to panic when those happen? Uh, so we think about confidence as an example uh, that competitive aspect raises a, a natural kind of confidence level. And it's not a false confidence. It's a confidence based on have I done my training? Am I prepared? Uh, it's really based on objective confidence. And when you think about a leadership environment, taking some of those skills from sport or whatever you do, it could be music, it could be something else, mm-hmm. whatever that is, if you can bring that directly into your leadership style, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to relate easier to other individuals. Yeah, you're going to be able to be kind of battle hardened in a sense. Yeah, confidence has so much to do with it. So what was long? What is professional long distance running? I mean, how long did you run? And what does it mean to be a professional? Well, it means to be professional is that somebody took you under their wing, uh, you know, is basically paying you to represent their brand. Uh, we don't have uh, sport teams per se, we're starting to get there with some of the, uh, you know, the Hanson's distance running projects and, and things of that nature. Uh, but you're basically representing the brand and trying to compete to the highest level. So whether it's competing at national championships uh, at USA track and field, trying to make it into the Olympic trials, whatever that is to really compete at that high level and represent that brand. So it's not like you've got one-on-one competitions and a set schedule beyond the big track meets. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that structure is kind of, uh, 20 years ago, it wasn't there. It's becoming more and more commonplace now. and We're seeing some really fun events come out of it as a, as a result. I'll bet. So do you still run a lot? Uh, not as much as I'd like to. <laughs> uh, yeah. And definitely not as, as fast as I used to. Now, and, and there's a, there's now, a wide range. Was it marathons or what was the, oh, 
yeah, more, more middle distance. So a weird event called the steeplechase, uh, which is basically 3,000 meters uh, with four jumps and a water pit to go over. Yeah. And that's the nice part about, you know, distance running, any kind of professionalism in that track and field sport. You could be high, a high jumper, a long jumper. You have specific disciplines. And learning about those disciplines uh, makes us all unique. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, that's incredible. So let's talk about your your role now in business and leading people and influencing people. Uh, first of all, tell us about Engagency. What is it? And in your role, I know VP of technology, but what, what does the company do? Well, you know, the short and the long of Engagency is that we really partner up with our clients to make sure they have a positive digital experience. Anyone can have a website. And while we lead in some of the best technical stacks in the world, you know, the site cores, the optimized lease, insert your your content management platform here. It's really about ensuring our clients have the best digital experience possible for the users. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And, and so you've now, and we were talking about uh, uh, earlier, which is, I think a very uh, interesting topic. It's one that applies to a lot of businesses, business owners, salespeople, leadership, uh, anybody in all different realms is dealing with maybe sometimes a difficult type of client. Uh, what's your take on it? I mean, what's, you know, what, what in your mind, how do you do it? How do you transform them to be uh, maybe an advocate? Well, you know, the challenging part is when you get in that relationship, there's individuals and everyone brings some sort of persona to the table. Uh, One of the first things I like to do is really understand where are they coming from and how can we get this to be an objective conversation? Too many times when you're dealing with a difficult client, it's about I win, you lose. We really need to have more of a negotiated agreement around how are we going to work together? How do we identify as one team? And where are the small areas we can build bridges of trust and deliver together on something? And maybe go through a little bit of hardship, but have an open dialogue. Now, difficult for many clients is that they don't understand, uh, especially multiple technical pieces. They understand they have deadlines and requirements. They don't see how those things are going to come together. So a strong communication plan, I do recommend actually developing a communication plan with your touch points is critical to the relationship. And then identifying who are these individuals and really what's their role inside any kind of project uh, also helps that dynamic. Because once you've done that, you've identified how often you're going to communicate. You've identified the individuals that need to be part of the solution. Then you can start working on, well, how do we tackle these challenges together? Mm-hmm. And you know that's how you can diffuse things. And let's let's be open. Sometimes you're going to get a client that's difficult not because of some technical challenge or misunderstanding. They might be a difficult difficult individual to work with. Mm-hmm. The reality is that sometimes you're going to get somebody that's going to be a bit of a bad apple. Mm-hmm. And in those situations, the same rules apply because if you're objective and you can get the room talking about the problem instead of each other, now you're able to surface the reality of what needs to be solved. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you have a client you're trying to deliver for them, it's okay if you're not worried about becoming the best friend. You're there to deliver a service. Mm-hmm. And as a byproduct of good delivery, and nothing solves a problem in good delivery, mm-hmm. you can develop the relationships through that process. So it, don't try to fix the relationships, really. Yeah, is there a point? Uh, and if so, where is it where you say, you know what, it's just... Uh, we've got to cut our losses, you know, where it's just Absolutely. not going to be worthwhile on either end or, or maybe your end. What does that look like? Well, you know, you want to make sure that you're not cutting, but more untying that, that relationship. It needs to be based again on objective criteria. 
certainly there's a point where it's not profitable for either party. You need to have a discussion, is it profitable to continue this relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, and in working with a lot of the, the client dynamics and untying that, you want to not just have a clear cut, but a plan to maybe put them into a better place. Because if you can't leave them in a better place than you started, maybe somebody else is better aligned to help them. So that relationship, you really want to nurture that. We have a very small industry. And you know, it's, it's better to have a smooth breakup and agree to remain friends uh, than to have a, a tough relationship. And the steps to get there really come down to open communication about the goals. Are we hitting the goals? If we need to pull back, have a pullback plan mm-hmm. and agree to that pullback plan. Try to involve them in the pullback plan. And if they are still being difficult, there comes a point where you might need to, you know, play tough. But if you have the objective criteria and have documented your processes and documented what you're communicating, it makes it easier if you need to do a hard cut. Mm-hmm. Got it. Makes sense. How does that apply as a leader to, to, to running or building a team where you have people that are not positive? You've got somebody in some cases that might not be a good influence on others. Um, same question, you know? It, yeah. Uh, yeah. It is a direct correlation because in that client example, we're trying to build a team with the client to tackle problems. The same for our team behind us and working with us. Uh, the goal of the leader is to empower. Our job is to serve others and to make sure that we're over-communicating, over-training, offering, supporting it, uh, leadership opportunities and growth, and ensuring that people can flip the switch and then turn things back off. When you're addressing your teams, you wanna make sure you treat them as people, understand not only their strengths and areas of improvements, but what what do they like to do, what they don't like to do. And if you do that well and really communicate those precepts, that your goal as a leader is to ensure two things, are you happy and are you growing? You're going to find quickly who can really be part of the team. Mm-hmm. Because if you're happy and growing, you're going to offer great value to your colleagues. You're going to be a positive influence. You're going to be playing to your strengths because you're doing what you like. Mm-hmm. And you're going to deliver better results for the client. Mm-hmm. And if you communicate along those lines and ask those two questions, are you happy and are you growing? You're going to find out pretty quickly if it's not a good fit. And you're going to have an open dialogue. And again, instead of cutting, can we untie a relationship for the betterment of all parties? Mm-hmm. I, get, I like that. I like that way of uh, looking at it and thinking about it. What do you think is one of the biggest challenges that leaders face now and, and what skills will they need moving forward? Oh, boy. You know, in today's digital landscape, we've lost a lot of human element. And how do you humanize when we're 24-7 digital, everyone on their phones, this short immediate gratification and need for, for clicking and likes and all of this atmosphere around us that has become norm has made it very difficult to have a human connection. So we have to learn how to operate in a digital world, but still with a human experience. Mm-hmm. And so are you doing social events remotely, especially as we're on Zoom a lot more? Are you actually not waiting six months to do a review, but talking every two weeks in an agile performance manner? I'm a big believer in you know, that continuous coaching as if you were back to the track and field example, having a coach right over your shoulder, trying to empower and maximize you. So the leaders of, of tomorrow really need to focus on understanding the, the larger digital landscape, but that nothing can move that forward if you don't have your people with you, that you've identified lieutenants, especially in a scaled operation, get those lieutenants, ingrain them in your culture, build the structures and processes for them to be successful. 
and guide them through a servant leadership mentality. Mm-hmm. I love it. Great advice. Great advice during uh, great uh, important times right now that we're going through and coming out of in reality. Yeah. Um, so Kelly, where can people go if they want more information, either on you or maybe Engagency, where can they go? What can they do? Yeah, you know, hit us up on Engagency.com. Um, we're also active on LinkedIn, like like most. And, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out and uh, we'd love to talk shop. And if you are having challenges, really getting a digital experience, uh, a true digital experience that serves your, your user base, let us know. We'd be happy to help. Excellent. Well, Kelly, I appreciate you joining us today and sharing your wisdom. We'll have all that info in the show notes uh, for those of you that are uh, listening and not in a position to write down uh, any info. Just go to the show notes and all the links will be there. Uh, Kelly, again, it's been a pleasure talking with you and we hope you come back at some point. Likewise. Thanks for your time today, John. You got it. And thanks everybody for joining. Uh, As always, like, share, subscribe, of course, and uh, always interested in your ideas for future guests and content. And of course, as always, go down below, give a five-star review, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. John Larito here. Thank you so much for listening to Tomorrow's Leader Spotlight. If you are a successful leader or business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit our website, johnlarito.com. Go right to the podcast page, and right up top, you'll see a button that says Apply Here. If you got something out of this interview and you'd like to share this episode on social media, I love that. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend, post it on whatever social media outlet you'd like to. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media, let them know about the show and also include the hashtag tomorrow's leader. I love seeing your posts. I love getting your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up. Ratings, reviews also go a long way to help promote the show and really do mean a lot to me and our team. Want to know more? Go to our website, johnlarito.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'm all over the place. Uh, Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks.